the Sports Career Podcast, episode 235, Why Your Belief Systems Important When Pursuing a Career in the Football Industry. Hello Sports Achiever and thank you for taking the time to listen to this week's podcast. I'm your host Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who's an expert in a particular field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in the football industry. I hope this episode can support you with regards to your sports career development, interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Karen Dobrez. Karen is an elective director at Lewis FC, which is the first club to give equal pay to both men and the women's teams. Also, it's a community-run club, which you can actually buy shares and be part of the ownership of the club as well, which is super cool and different with regards to running a football club where the fans have a voice. So for that reason, it's brilliant to have Karen as a special guest on the show. And that's when today's episode, Karen will share her football career journey and explain to you why having your own belief systems is so important when pursuing a career in the football industry. Karen, it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast show. Please share to listeners your sports career journey. When did it all start? Yeah, thanks, Ed. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. I really like what you do. I really love that this is going out to students. Brilliant. So my sports career journey is a little bit unorthodox, Ed, right? So this is the problem. I hope that I don't know if people can like replicate the path I've taken, but I'm really happy to share it anyway. And basically, you know, my story is that I didn't ever like football and now I'm a football club director. So how did that happen? How did I go from not liking football to being the director of a football club, there's a lot in that. I always thought football was for men and I didn't even know that women played football. That's how naive and rubbish I was. But, you know, in my defence, when I was growing up at school, girls weren't allowed to play football, right? And everyone that I knew that liked football was a man. And so my my dad wasn't even into football, actually. Obviously, my mum wasn't kind of thing. But yeah, I didn't come from a sporting background. I didn't, you know, my cousin actually, who's older than me, played for Brentford. And when I was a teenager, I went to watch him at Brentford and I didn't like it. I didn't like the experience. It seemed to be all about drinking in the bar. And I was about 14 and I was a bit scared. There were all these kind of big men around and they were swearing. And yeah, I didn't feel like my thing. So I just kind of switched off. And if I saw it on the telly, as I often did if I went to different cousins' houses, um, I thought it was boring. You know, I just c- couldn't wait for the match to be over so that they would play Monopoly or something with me. Do you know what I mean? So how did that happen? And, and my actual career, you know, I, well, you know, I was a fashion model for a while. I sold newspapers for a while. I worked for the Samaritans and then became a, trained as a counsellor because that's what I really wanted to do. And I ended up running a counselling service for Polygram Records. So, 
making sure that all the employees of all the record companies and the film companies had access to counselling because that's you know really where my head's at and then when Lewis FC where I live in Little Lewis near Brighton in the south of England um, introduced their equality campaign in July 2017 whereby they said we're the first club in the world making a global first to pay our women's team the same as the men's, my little ears pricked up head. And I thought, what the hell's going on in Lewis? The first in the world. And I thought, what? Hang on, there's a women's team at my local football club. Hang on, and they don't get paid the same as the men for doing the same job, right? So I came at it with fresh eyes. You know, I, I didn't know about football. I didn't know that was normal in football. To, to have you know this massive gender gender based pay disparity and everything from not pay not just pay resources disparity in every every area from pay to which pitch you play on to how many training socks you've got to to health insurance to everything i didn't know that that was normal and so i was appalled to cut a very long story short i I was desperate to get involved and tell women like me who didn't know about football what was going on in the football industry and ask for their support for Lewis. I need to decode this and I hope the listeners have enjoyed this story because for me it's refreshing to interview somebody who hasn't had that sort of I call like a sushi bar effect where you go to university you get the job you really wanted because your story it's like it's like a sort of snakes and ladders in a way of different experiences and there's one thing I want to talk about really quickly you said you've been involved in fashion music and film out of interest that's the entertainment industry how similar is that to being at Lewis with regards to the football industry I'm really intrigued now related to your experience and now you work in the football industry have you seen the sort of similarities out of interest you know that's such a good question Ed I don't think anyone's ever asked me before and I think I have because one of the ways I really got hooked into Lewis FC was through the players you know through the women players and it's so interesting that they perform in public right they perform in on, in a public arena and that pressure is on them to perform and also that as it is with models as it is with tv and music bands and things and also they have a short career a short career Path and it depends on their age, right? So it's it's very much about youth. So the the players in Lewis FC Women are probably between about eighteen and thirty two, I'd say, and that's probably typical um, for for women's team and and the men as well. You know, it's it's a short uh, career football, and it does depend on your on your physical fitness. And I think it's you could say that that's similar for music not so much music when you think about the Rolling Stones or something, but you know, generally it's a short life and, and definitely modeling. And also there's the kind of moving, the geographical moving of it all, like going, like a footballer can be living in Lewis for two years and the next thing you know, they're in Iceland. And before that they were in America, you see the world, you know, so, it's a, so that's another similarity. And you deal with rejection and you deal with failure um, and you, you shouldn't, you may do, but you shouldn't take it personally. So 
you should to some extent, right? But on the whole, you shouldn't take it personally and you should just get up and, you know, go again. I just want to go further on that point because the one thing is, you know, this is about helping students get into the sports industry. What have you learned about rejection? Like, it's so easy to say, not take it personally, which you've just said, but it, it, you always feel that bit of a pinch that it does. But throughout your career, how have you sort of processed it and which has made you stronger, especially at Lewis, really quickly, you're, you're campaigning for stuff, you're trying to break barriers. We'll talk about that a bit later. But how do you sort of stay patient on, on you know, but when you've been rejected at the same time, if that makes sense? I think it makes me think of two things when you ask me that question. Um, three things. One is it's a, usually a bit worse for women because they have to be perfect all the time, right? Before they'll do anything, before they'll get out of bed, they have to have their lipstick on. I'm making a generalization, but it's backed up by statistics and we have to know what these stereotypical things are so that we can change them. And women often like, in order to apply for something, they have to have all the criteria that are asked for. Whereas men will have like 65% of it and think that's all right, I'll give it a go. Why not, right? But women, they won't give it a go unless they are really, really sure that they are pretty much perfectly fulfilling all those, all those criteria that's not necessary and and we need to change that we need to not have to be perfect and not think of failure and rejection as not take it personally right because men don't so often um, but nobody should because it, it's about whether you're fitting a certain job it's about how many people applied sometimes it's you know luck of the draw right so it's really it's not a personal thing don't take it personally try again and that's how you hone your skills and that's how you that's how you stand more chance of succeeding right so that's one thing the thing you said about activism when you're on a mission when you want to change something in society again it becomes less personal Right? You, you depersonalize stuff because you're always trying to reach a goal. You're not thinking about, did I say something the right way? Did I, um, oh, maybe I wasn't good enough at that. No, none of that matters because you're, you've got a much bigger vision that you're trying to get to. And it, it, the personal doesn't matter. You overcome the ego, if you like. And, and again, we can get back to football there because that's like about being in a team you feel like you're on a team with other people rather than that it's just you and that you're speaking on behalf of you're advocating right so when you're advocating it's it's depersonalized and it's much easier to to keep pushing forward not to get upset by setbacks like rejection because they don't matter so much you've just got to keep going um, it's much more important to keep going than it is to fail it doesn't matter about failing so just on that note, the beginning of the conversation, you said you didn't like football, but now, as you said, because it's not personal anymore, you love it because you've got that passion of change. So out of interest, reflecting and putting you on the spot, now do you love football with regards to the mission you're trying to achieve? I do, Ed. I mean, it's been three years now, to be fair, that I've been over three years that I've been involved um, at Lewis Football Club. And apart from the activism that goes on at the club because if people out there don't know we use football as an engine to drive social change right that's what we do uh, we're known for it it's in our dna because we're 100 percent community owned and so we got to uh, change things for the better for our whole community 
which is the footballing community as well as the Lewis community, as well as the world, <laughs> because we've got owners around the world, right? So we're on, on that mission. And um, ooh, what did you just ask me? Why was I telling you that we were community owned? No, it was no, you haven't mentioned about community owned. What I was saying is that you didn't like football, the beginning of the, the conversation. And now I can hear in your tone of voice, I can hear with your sort of, should we say, passion that you do. But in a way, it's bigger than just that what goes on on the pitch it's the social change so that was yeah that's what but I what I wanted to say was that when I got myself to a women's match for the first time a women's football match which is the one I went to first I saw in it that that women playing football was going against all of the stereotypes that I hated about women and men and so I I thought that not only does this has this football club done this amazing pioneering thing and valued their women the same as the men but also the very subject of women's football has within it so much potential to change the way we think about um, men and women and so much potential therefore for good because it's clear with hashtag gender pay gap hashtag times up hashtag me too that there's a lot wrong in the world and, and, and right now in terms of gender equality and right now with the COVID situation we know that women and girls are being disproportionately affected the lack of resources that have and the more care that they're having to do around COVID which, which just shows you that gender inequality that, that we have in the world is unfair and also not good for the economics of society if we share these things out if we share our toys as the actor Winston Dukes recently said on a he for she um, webinar he said we've got to share our toys men we've got to share our toys if we do that we all benefit so when I saw the women playing football, I realized that there was the potential in the women's game to show us a different way of being. And quick question, you said it very briefly. Can you remember your first experience watching the Lewis women's team? Can you remember it? Yeah, yeah, no, totally, I can remember it. I went on my own, which was great because, you know, I. I didn't think that anyone would want to come with me. I didn't think any of my friends would want to come with me. I just went on my own and thought, oh, well, you know, I'm going to do this because it's so interesting what Lewis have just pronounced to the world that they're doing. So I, um, there were only about 100 plus, maybe 120 people at the dripping pan that day watching the women. They were kind of scattered around. It was a sunny day. I remember it really well because, because it was one of those aha moments in my life that actually changed my life right I was standing on what we now call the fries side we've got the pies side and the fries side so I was on the fries side of the dripping pan against this old flint wall and um I was looking at them playing football I didn't know the rules or anything like that but I knew that we were playing in red and black and the other team were in in, in, in white and um I, was, I knew which end the goal was. I, I knew the basics, right? So I was trying to follow the game. And then there was one man sort of next to me and one woman on the other side. And they were sort of like, you know those noises that football fans do? They were like, ooh, and all that. And I was sort of looking at them and I end up chatting to them a bit. And it was really nice. We were just watching the game, talking about little things, about what that player was like and all that kind of thing. And I just, it was so cash and it was really relaxing. And I really enjoyed it. And I, as I say, I saw the potential. I saw these young women 
like not caring about how they looked or presented themselves. All they cared about was the ball, right? The ball, getting the ball and working with each other. And this was so refreshing to me, right? You know, because what I'd seen of, of women, you know, a lot at that time in my kind of social bubble or whatever, was young women who cared very much about how they presented and were kind of like all looking like, you know, a certain way with their makeup and the hair and you know and not that there's anything wrong with that but I didn't see an alternative to it and when I saw these young women playing football I just thought oh my god I want to be them <laughs> and if I want to be them then many more women and particularly younger women will see them as role models and that could change the world and I just loved everything about it and I got my cup of tea and I got my fries and I was quite happy with that as well. And I walked home feeling, I just want more people to see this, not just a hundred people. I want more people to come and see these matches. I hope people are enjoying this. The reason why I asked that question is with regards to the Athens Women's Football Summit, we, you know, our goal was to, to really prove that the men's game is not the same as the women's game. Like there's always that comparison and you sharing that experience shows it's a different experience. And it, you know, for me, I actually was more into rugby when I was younger because I, I went to a Man U game versus Chelsea and I didn't like the crowd experience. But how you explain that, the rugby is very similar. It's that sort of family-orientated feel. And I know some people are listening to this going, I love that feel at a, you know, a male's game. That's cool. But I'm just trying to share that. I have a phrase, football is football. It's all about on the pitch and the experience for the fan as well. So thank you so much for sharing that. And again, every time you talk like this, I can hear the passion coming through the voice. But really quickly, from a career perspective, you said earlier about having a fresh eyes approach, you know, of seeing something different. Now, for the listeners coming in who, again, let's say, haven't done, like, say, a sports degree, haven't worked in uh, like sport before, how is it a benefit of having, like, fresh eyes looking at a situation where you can bring value to the table in the, not just at a football club, but working in the football industry. I would love to hear your thoughts on that relating to your experience. There's a lot within football that just sort of plods on, right? And it's like this, the, for example, Lewis recently were campaigning on, on the massive gender-based disparity in the FA Cup prize fund um, with the men taking home 3.6 million and the women taking home 25,000 and yet the men's game has so much more in it a prize like 3.6 million for a for a women's team would be absolutely transformative to the whole game whereas for your men's man city or whatever it's it's a drop in the ocean so we we were campaigning on that now and, and also, as I said, we're the first club in the world to pay the women the same as men. You've got to ask yourself, why aren't other clubs? Why were we the first? Why aren't other clubs doing it? And why are we always pointing things out like the FA Cup prize gap or, you know, the, the calling for 50-50 media representation in terms of women's sports and men's sports? Why is it always us? It's because, to a large degree, it's been accepted and it's like what I call the wallpaper of football. So if you come in from the outside and you question these things, then it's very, very useful. And in a way, we've already got onto the subject of diversity and inclusion, because that's why we need more diverse boards and more diverse staff and even more diverse players at the end of the day, because um, we can't, 
if there's stuff that we know needs changing, we can't keep doing the same thing because it doesn't make sense. So we need different people to come in, look at it with fresh eyes and change it up and make it so that they feel that the environment is welcoming to them as well as just the people it's always been welcoming to. That's why I think it's really important. But I'll just say one more thing that in particular with women's football, and you and I met over the Athens Women's Football Summit, Ed, in particular with women's football, it's a new product in a way. It has so much potential. Now, what we're doing at Lewis is we're almost, like if you imagine people laying down a railway track as the train's coming along, right? We're almost doing that, right? So that's why it's, I'm passionate about it and it's exciting is because it, men's football is a mature product that's done really well, will continue to do well. There'll always be men's football fans, but women's football is a new product that I think is about to explode, right, onto the market. And we're at the vanguard. We are at the beginning of something with women's football. We're at the beginning of a narrative here. And it's going to start it's going to start to go off. And I think coming in with fresh eyes, is really useful because we can shape it in, in our own way. We can give it a trajectory that's different to the men's game. And like you said about watching rugby, and like I said about watching women's football, we don't necessarily want to follow the same path as the men's game. That's quite corporate. I mean, to, to buy a ticket to a Premier League match, you need to like, you know, get a new mortgage out, right? But all you want to do is take your kids to a football match. So you'll go to a women's match maybe because we don't want women's football to, to go that way. So fresh eyes really helps. We don't want to do the same things. We want to let it grow with all the values that the women's game represents and, and shines a light on so well. And just with regards to your career now, how has it been from your experience being on the board? I'm just really intrigued. Like, what have you learned the most? Has it got out your comfort zone? You know, I'm just really intrigued on that side of things. I've, I always say, right, that I'm like an imposter in football in two ways, because I'm a woman, right? And, and because I don't have a history of, of enjoying football or liking football or, or knowing, you know, what Everton did in 1970, whatever. So I think I, I am an imposter, but I, I, I don't have imposter syndrome anymore, right, Ed? I did have it at first when I came to the board and I was, I was scared sometimes to speak up. I couldn't necessarily join in the bands. I tried to, but you know, when it's not really authentic and you don't quite get the joke and your joke's a bit different to everyone else's, doesn't work right so I had to think to myself it's actually good to be an imposter it's a good thing it's not a negative thing right it's a really good thing because of the reasons that we've already discussed and um and I had to even if I was getting a bit of kickback from people about what why would we do that you know why, why would we go and talk about equality FC at a, a literary festival that's nothing to do with football or, or something like that, for example, right? just off the top of my head, I, I would have to have an answer ready. My answer would be that, you know, we're looking for this new market for women's football that we're not necessarily going to find in the same places that we've always looked for football fans. Um, this is a simple answer and it makes sense. And I'm sure that it swelled our gate because by the way, our gate figure has quadrupled over a couple of seasons since introducing Quality FC and the men's gate figure has gone up too. So I just, I just want to 
say that because sometimes you need to, to state the facts because people can't get away from the facts. So at first on the board, I felt that I was, you know, having to back myself up quite often. And I still have to do that. And it's sometimes it's really hard to take apart. Is it because I'm a woman or is it just because, you know, we all do have different opinions and we're all coming from different places. It's hard. I'm not a person with, with a sort of victim mentality. So I, I don't really take it, you know, as sort of being anti-me or anything. And as I said already, I really try not to personalise things. I will say one thing. I do think I'm very, very proud and grateful for and to the male allies on the board at Lewis FC and within the club, Ed, because I don't think that women are going to change football. I think that men have to change in order to change football, like yourself, like the two men that run the Athens Women's Football Summit, like the men on the board at Lewis FC. Because we live in a patriarchy, us women can push it and we can be passionate and we can love the women's football and the women footballers can play and do really well and it's all brilliant. But men need to back it up, they need to step up and they need to, as so many of you are already doing, and, and really change their minds and hearts, change the way they think, even the small things that, that they might not normally notice. You know, it's... I'm going I'm to butt, butt in, it's belief systems. Yes, it is. That's like, I'm going to interrupt because when I went to Athens, um, without the beard, I literally was on a plane at Athens. Really, I started you know me, I just interview people about the industry. But when I went to Athens to moderate and understand, like I'm not, as I said, football industry is at my gig. But when I was there, I could see there needed, like, when I left the first event in person, which is amazing. I can't wait to all back in Athens, by the way. But when I was there, I realized there's a, a problem that needs to be solved. Like for me, this podcast show, the problem I've been trying to solve is people to learn from you, people to learn from my special guests of how to get in the industry. But when I was in Athens, I was like, there is a huge issue with this inequality. Like for me, I, I like to be involved in projects that create impact. Like, but and and that's what I learned with Athens. So what you're saying, it's um, as I say, football is football is a phrase I've used a few times now because as long as there's the right people in the right room who have similar belief systems, that's where change can happen. And that's what I learned from Athens was I said, my goodness, it there are times when the, some of the discussions we had with other guests, we're like not just five years behind, but sometimes 10 to 15, just because our belief systems, especially, I'm going to say I'm a male, I'm a guy, but with regards to the women's game, I'm like, how the heck is this still going on? But for me personally, and this is why I'm hogging the mic a little bit, I was more shocked of how women are perceived in, in a business environment. I really did. And bearing in mind, I work on my own. I, have, I just work in the spare bedroom, so I don't have that environment around. I, I haven't experienced it. But when I saw this, I'm like, you're kidding me? Like, I've interviewed some, of the, some brilliant guests on my show who are women, and they've inspired me more. Because like you said, they've, I've had numerous examples. Um, you know, uh, Sabrina Boudreau-Bassid, she said, she said on my podcast, she had to work twice as hard to be the CEO, to make the fans happy, to make the board members happy, because she's a woman. And she's actually created more success. So... What I'm trying to say here is, like, I totally agree with what you're saying, and I, I just hope in time, the right way, with if it's policy or if it's the right people come together, change actually happens. Like, as you said, that social change. So sorry to hog the mic. It's just sometimes 
it's a two-way thing where it's not just elevating women it's actually elevating men to change their belief systems on like you said a new product and that's how i look at the women's game so but i'm just gonna pivot this conversation a little bit because you know me i love to give back to my listeners of skill sets so out of interests what sort of career skill sets have supported you during your time in the football industry i'm really intrigued on that um so so, so hopefully yeah, students can sort of implement these skills to their career development one thing that's really helped me is that you know when i was a counselor and over the course of my training to be a counsellor I had a lot of counselling because you need to have um, lots of counselling hours up in order to you know see clients and I've had a lot of supervision as well and that really helped me with my confidence and um, I think it, it like a true confidence like like you know being my really being okay with being myself you know and um, I think that's really important for me in the role that I've got now, because I think trust is important. And if you're not really being yourself, people don't trust you so much. So I think it's important. I think it's important to have confidence and be yourself. So those two things have really helped me. And, um, and if you're a woman listening to this, I know it's hard not to have to, to have confidence sometimes more so really than than with men generally but i would say it's even more important if you're a woman so please work on that it's something you can work on it takes practice sometimes but just keep doing things don't worry if you fail and you will build your confidence um if by by the way to any students i've said this before uh, to some of our players if you've got to give a media interview or anything like that imagine you're talking to someone who really loves you maybe your grandma maybe your granddad you know someone that, that really does judges you in a really good way but has unconditional positive regard for you imagine that and then just do it so that's what i'd say um, in terms of that but one of the things that i do a lot at lewis is basically communicate right so i like telling people about things if I get fired up about something, I need, I have like a need to tell other people about it, right? And there are so many ways that we can do this nowadays, aren't there? There's social media, there's uh, press, there's radio, there's podcasts, there's interviews, there's all sorts of things that you can do. Play to your strengths. I love communicating, so I do a lot of that. I love playing and creating, so I do quite a bit of that. I really enjoy... Um, media stuff uh, i love doing press releases and yeah I, if i can think of things that would welcome people that are normally unwelcome to football matches i'll do that at the dripping pan e.g you know introduce prosecco on tap as well as the beer um because women might like that actually it turns out men like it too <laughs> i don't know we do pre-match chanting practices for for women who may not have learned to chant because they're new to football you know boys often learn by osmosis from their fathers who take them to football matches but for women it can be quite a big deal to chant you know sort of st we do actually you know like little workshops stand like a warrior stand strong get your lower register from your stomach and then we have a bit of fun creating chants for the rooks, you know, because Lewis FC are called the rooks. 
which is the birds, the blackbirds with grey beaks that nest around the dripping pan, but also the castle that sits on the hill. Can I just invite everyone to come down to Lewis as soon as the restrictions are over? We want to see you all. We want you to see the castle of which I speak. We want you to see the rooks and we want you to chant for Lewis FC. Come. <laughs> hey. Hey, you're making me want to get the Brighton and get the Lewis really, really quickly, like when this is all sort of I want you to, Ed. Karen, I, I love your energy. Out of interest, what have you enjoyed the most during your time at Lewis, reflecting right now? I like it when I go to women's groups, such as the WI, women in business groups and stuff like that, and I tell them the story of Equality FC and how Lewis introduced equal pay and the backlash and how we responded to the backlash by just getting the crowds up. And then I get to the bit about the history of women's football, not just in the UK, but in big countries across the world that are famous for football like Brazil, like Germany, like France. And I get to the bit where I explain that, they, that women's football was banned by the footballing authorities. So in this country, women's football was banned from 1921 to 1971 at a point where women were getting higher crowds than men. And then it was banned. And basically all these arguments that we get about women's football's boring, you know, women can't play football, there's no point watching them. Because we get all this on Twitter and all the rest of it. They're actually completely false and serve a completely false narrative and a, and a kind of made up lies basically because there's absolutely nothing inherent in women's football that makes it less entertaining than men's as I can prove but the point is when I tell women about this I love watching their jaws drop every time I get to the point about the FA banned women from playing football they banned them from playing on FA pitches or training with FA affiliated coaches literally all these women their faces just go, wow, like that. They, they never knew. They couldn't believe it. And then after that, I say, you know, some point after that, I say, so, so do you fancy coming down to prove these naysayers wrong? Do you fancy coming down to swell the crowds at Dripping Pan? And they're all like up in arms. They're like, yeah, we're coming. We can't have this. Because basically, you know, if, if you tell one woman that if you say that you know one group of women aren't equal to men you tell all women that they're not equal to men so if you say that women footballers aren't equal to men male footballers then other women when they know the story are going to be up in arms aren't they and they're going to come along and actually a lot of men are as well but i particularly talk to women's groups so and they all and and i love that i love their faces and then i love their that i get inspired by their reaction to it you know they want to take action and i these are these are my people you know these are the people that are going to change the world awesome and look i hope people are enjoying this conversation because to me it's about impact and i hope the listeners can learn that you can make an impact in what you're doing in your sports career on like areas that need to be challenged in a right way and that's what i love about what lewis is doing they're proving it on the pitch and off the pitch i think that's what i love the most, um, I think, during really quick the Soccer X, um, you know, Connect event. The great thing about Lewis is you actually put your values into practice, which is really refreshing. So, for listeners listening in, you can do the same with your career development. You know, just putting yourself out there and taking action. 
Karen, this has been an amazing conversation. I've really enjoyed it. And you provided so many career advice during this whole conversation with the stories, with your passion. But I always like to challenge my special guests. This is the final question. It's an inspirational question. What three tips, so they've got to be compressed now, would you give to a graduate who is literally about thinking about their next career step, particularly in the football industry? What would those three tips be? Oh, um, okay. What would they be? One would be, because I'm talking particularly about women's football quite often, because that's the one that needs more attention because we're trying to level the playing field. If you are looking for a job or experience in the football industry, I would say go and ask a women's team. Go and ask a women's club. So much opportunity there. And it, literally, if you don't ask, you don't get. But don't underestimate the opportunities that exist in women's football. For example, you know, we are currently, you know, if anyone, if anyone is nearby, we're currently looking for co-commentators for our women's matches because they're all live streamed. So if anyone wanted the experience of commentating on matches, we can offer that right now. But we're always looking for, you know, media volunteers, you know, in, in any way, like whether it's photography, video, writing up match reports, doing Twitter, you know, we, we need all of that. So please, you know, do get in touch. And really, if you don't ask, you don't get, just ask us or ask any women's football team near you. So that's one tip. You know, like we've talked a lot, haven't we, about rejection and failure and lack of confidence. So I, I, do, I want to definitely reinforce that tip and say, don't be worried about failure as the young women on the football pitch do. Get up again and keep going. Um, take inspiration from your, your teammates or the, the people around you. Yeah, just keep pushing forward that's life basically and and you can win it third thing i'd say which which i definitely want to say you know is i, I was thinking a lot about Gan the gandhi quote recently be the change you want to see in the world and what i would say is um if you are interested in activism because although i'm in football it's really also about activism that i've been talking about then you mustn't be afraid to embody the vision right embody the, the vision that you have i think i often think of football as a microcosm of society you know, like reflecting society um, and i think that we ourselves have to be microcosms of the change that we want to see right because if i'm if i'm advocating for women to be valued um, as much as men then i have to value myself I really have to, I have to show it, you know, I have to be it, I have to act as if until I am, right? So I would tell you all that whatever you want to do, whatever you want to be, embody it now, be it, have that vision. That's the surest way of it becoming a reality. Three fantastic tips. And I actually enjoyed the third one because sometimes we have to, as you say, we have to believe to make the outcome we actually want to achieve but it's just having that thought process of believing in what we want to do and even that last one it's triggered me to elevate myself on that point so look there were three brilliant tips out of interest Karen how can people interact with you on social media I mean I'm on Twitter at Karen Dobre 
Um, I'm on Instagram at Karen Dobray, um, and they're welcome to interact with me there. And they can email me, Karen at lewisfc.com. And, uh, you know, anyone that wants to get in touch, I'm very happy to share whatever I can with them. Amazing. To all the listeners listening in, all those links will be on my website and also the FC website as well. I'll put that there. And uh, look, Karen, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Likewise. Thank you, Ed. Thank you very much. What a really interesting and fascinating conversation with Karen. Honestly, it's conversations like this I really enjoy because it challenges me. Throughout this podcast journey over the last six years, at times I just thought, hold on, working in sports is just about a personal brand, who we are online, how we come across with regards to our CV and cover letter. But actually working in this industry is a lot more than that. And without a doubt, our belief systems have such an important role, not just getting our first opportunity, but also how we want to influence an industry going forward. And without a doubt, learning from Karen's journey, her belief system changed with her experience with regards to football, her experience as a fan with regards to the males game, which then changed her whole perspective when going to a women's match and how it's just a totally different experience. So we covered a lot in the conversation about why our belief system is important. I hope you now have a better understanding that it's so important that you know internally with your values and where you want your career to go forward, it has an important component to where you want to work in. And without a doubt, having confidence in where you want to go, having the ability to not see rejection, which Karen mentioned so powerfully with regards to her experience on the board, because it's just a different environment. And she took her time to find her place and her voice. And that's the final thing I was going to say, find your voice like Karen does with regards to her experience at Lewis FC because you can tell she enjoys what she does and she feels like she has a purpose there and that's another important identity trait I've seen with all the people I've interviewed on my show having a purpose but with regards to the football industry and particularly if you want to work in women's football I love the point where Karen said treating the women's game as a different product from my personal experience going to Athens which I mentioned on the podcast chat with Karen it opened up my eyes that it is different And that's really important for me to share that again with you, just through my personal experience, because when I do interviews now, um, particularly in the football industry, I try and segment it because it's just a different experience from a fan experience. Let's say you want to work in fan engagement. Karen shared such a good point that the fans at Lewis, you know, are a bit different with regards to, uh, you know, women's game to a men game. That's fine. It means we can figure out where we can add value to those fans. Like Prosecco on tap is another great fan engagement method to bring more engagement to a, you know, a football game experience. These are good things. Be different. Um, that's what I want to finish on with regards to my points, what I learned from Karen during our conversation. Being different is better than being better than somebody else because that's how Lewis have got themselves on the map by being different in how they run the club. Finally, from a sports career development perspective, I hope you enjoyed those three tips right at the end, particularly the last one in how you believe in yourself and who you want to become is so important. It's something you can't just learn from what you read or even listen to this podcast. It's so internal. And then whatever you want to become, do it. 
if you have that sort of mindset or mentality, it's going to support you not just getting your first role in the football industry or any area of the sports industry in that matter, but with regards to your whole career in general, with regards to your sports career ambitions. So look, put those career tips into action today and make it happen. Now, as always, at the end of each podcast episode, I'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Karen said, whatever you want to do or be, embody it now. That is the surest way to make it a reality.